And then we will pray and get started. And if you would like to share it, then please use this time to share it also. All right, um, today we're studying from Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1, Chapter 71, entitled Wrong Use of the Visions. So uh, before we get started, let's have a word of prayer. Um, Alvina, you want to give us a word of prayer today? Your, your mic is off, Alvina. Turn your mic on, Alvina. There you we go. Me? Yes. Okay. Dear <laughs> God, thank you for being with us, being with us this Sabbath day and keeping us safe throughout the day. Please continue, uh, help us continue to walk with you and grow our faith. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 So um, this, this chapter, she's talking about her visions and she's talking about how some have not been acquainted with her and her visions and others have been acquainted with her and her visions. And um, she's talking about the ones who have been unacquainted with her and how they've been very skeptical of anything that bears the name of visions. Let me just throw out a question out there. Why do you think people would be skeptical of visions? Anybody? Um, because so many people say they have visions or they are prophets of God and stuff and they really are not. Mm. So they don't trust people who, who say they have vision. Mm. And how, do you, how can they prove their vision? I mean, you, it's an unknown. Okay. Um, so, is there as we know, a lot of false prophets, even more so now, you just can't believe what people say. Everybody's looking for fame and fortune around here. So is there any way we can test visions or test the things that people are saying? Uh, yes, if they, um, if they teach according to the word of God. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And if they come true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, she's talking about um, in this first paragraph, she's talking about um, ministers and how they um, react to or how they deal with people who um, have heard about visions, the visions, but don't know what to do with that, that information. And she's saying here, kind of towards the middle of that paragraph, that, that the ministers should have wisdom to give everyone their portion of meat according to, and to make that difference with different persons when their cases require. She's talking about how different people receive the visions or the, the message about the visions and how some are skeptical, some don't have enough um, I guess, spiritual guidance and training to know what to do with that information. And she's saying that the minister should deal with them on a case-by-case -case basis instead of um, treating them all the same or, or saying, for instance, um, saying a mature, to a mature Christian, well, what you all just said, you, 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 you measure whether this is true if it speaks according to the word. Well, if someone is not acquainted with the word, they wouldn't know to make that, that um, comparison. Or they would know, like you said, Lee, uh, to see whether or not the vision came true. Now, let me ask you this, Lee. Every vision, is it something that may necessarily come true in our lifetime? 
Uh, no, just like Daniel had visions, they weren't for that time. They were for mm -hmm. a later time. Mm -hmm. so many are yeah. for right now, some are for later, and only God's the one that decides whether he's going to reveal what the vision means or not. It, mm -hmm. There's a good book I had read years ago. It's called uh, The Prophet of Destiny. Mm -hmm. I think the lady, the author's name was Nuremberg or something, but she was writing about Ellen White. And she pointed out all the tests of a prophet and pointed out how Sister White met each and every biblical test of a prophet according to the word of God. So that's another way of the, uh, that you can follow the tests that are given in the Bible to see if a person is a prophet or is not. Hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Are only prophets of God going to be given visions in the last days? No, not in the last day. Hmm. So it could be your neighbor, it could be your child, it could be you that could have a vision in the last days, right? Yeah, I think it's Isaiah, your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall have visions. So mm -hmm. God can give visions to whomsoever he chooses. But again, right. we need to uh, try the spirits and see if they're of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so she's saying that uh, people who were comparative were strangers to the, the visions. She said they were dealt with in the same manner as those who have had much light and experience with the visions and they shouldn't be, which, which kind of tells you that they were kind of reproached and reprimanded because they didn't believe the visions, but they did not apparently have enough training, spiritual training to really understand um, you know, what to do with the visions or how to, how, like we said, how to um, compare the visions with scripture. And so um, she was saying that that should not be done. And she said that some have been required to endorse the visions. This is the bottom of the first paragraph. Some have been required to endorse the visions when they could not conscientiously do so. So in good conscience, they couldn't because they did not have enough information to judge them rightly. And she said, in this way, some honest souls have been driven to take positions against the visions and against the body, which they never would have taken had their cases been managed with discretion and mercy. So um, basically she's saying, you don't hold a, a, a toddler to the same standard that you hold an adult to. And so, you can't scold the toddler for doing something that an adult did that, you know, they should have known better. Yeah, it's a lot like when you're giving Bible studies, you have to know your audience, so to speak, and know mm -hmm. how much does this person know spiritually? Should I start at, at level A? Should I start at level D? Or if mm -hmm. somebody new joined the uh, class, you know, do they know anything about prophecy? Are they even a church member anywhere? Are they just, you know, are they a professor of prophecy? You know, mm -hmm. you would treat each person a little differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she talks about down in this next paragraph, she says that there's some who have known about her, her and her visions for years and they've tested the truthfulness of the testimonies, as you, you talked about, Lakita, how we, how we test, both of you, you and Lee talked about how we test um, whether these visions are from God. And she said, they, and they have asserted their belief in them, and, then, and that they have felt the influence of the Spirit of God resting upon them to witness to the truthfulness of the visions. But then she said, if they, have, if they those very ones, were approved by the visions, then and rise up against them and work secretly to injure their sister white and her husband's influence so so there were some that they believed the visions they believed the testimony until it came to them and the visions were against them and then they rose up against it and started talking against the visions and against the influence and um and she said they need to be faithfully dealt with so that their influence doesn't endanger those who lack their same experience. Mm 
What do you think about that? What do you think about believing in something until it's it's it seems like it it it's reproving you or reproaching you? Well, I think that that's um, within the realm of being a scoffer. You know, mm. you know, I'm gonna believe uh, what I want to believe, and then what I don't want to believe, then I'm going to reject that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, I think almost... it points, also, ahead, I think yeah. it points out the necessity when you're in in a church, if you have people who are spreading falsehoods and mistruths and incorrect beliefs about the scriptures, that you have to, uh, so to speak, straighten them out and get things right because they're influencing people who don't know as much and those who are new in the truth. So now you end up with either you say something to one person or you allow them to mislead a whole lot of other people. And you always have to make the choice that we got to stop this one person who's spreading this falsehoods before they injure everybody else. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people don't like that, but that's, that's just the way it is in churches. Sometimes right. you have to step up to the plate and say, we're not going to allow this. Right, right. And sometimes you just, you just have to deal with situations, even though how, however unpleasant it may be to do that. You have to deal with uh, those, those type of situations. And um, down in the next paragraph, she's talking about... Um, ministers of the present truth and while they bear pointed testimony reproving individuals wrongs and seeking to tear away the idols from the camp of Israel they should manifest forbearance what does that mean what what does that statement mean they should manifest even though even though they bear pointed testimony they're bringing the truth they should manifest forbearance patience be patient with people yeah be patient with people because uh, uh, sanctification is the work of what? A lifetime. A lifetime. And a lot of times we as believers expect people to just change overnight or believe a certain way overnight. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and we haven't even been that away. You know, we, we, we have not believed the, everything about the straight testimony overnight. We just have it. Um, And so um, she's, as you said, she's cautioning them to be patient and to deal with people um, with patience. And she says, if the truth spoken in the demonstration of the spirit does not cut away idols, it will be of no avail to denounce and bear down upon this individual. It may appear that some are joined to their idols, yet I saw that we should be very reluctant to give up the poor deceived ones. We should ever bear in mind that we are all erring mortals and that Christ exercises much pity for our weakness and loves us, although we err. So we should not be quick to just dismiss them and cast them to the side because, you know, they're still clinging to some of their idols. Uh, I remember um, we were taking a young man to church with us one Sabbath and he was supposed to be baptized that day. And his question to us was, um, do I have to give up cigarettes right away? (laughs) Um, He said, because, or basically, should I get baptized? Because I know I'm not going to give up cigarettes right away. I'm not going to be able to give them up right away. You know? And... You know, our counsel to him was pray about it um, and, and then, you know, ask the Lord to work on him with that. But no, he should not, you know, not get baptized um, if he felt that call upon his life. And he did feel that call upon his life. And so, you know, the Lord is the Holy Spirit is working on all of us, you know, on a daily basis. You know if we allow it. This reminds me of a sermon that I heard last week. And the pastor was talking about a branch, you know, like we are the branches to, mm-hmm. the, uh, to the vine, to the tree. And we mm-hmm. are supposed to be like um, bound to the tree. You know, we're supposed to be attached to the tree. And he mm-hmm. said, you don't see branches walking around talking about, I have to become, you know, I have to become a fruit 
You know, he says that because it is attached to the tree, it will bear the fruit. And I do think we get it kind of mixed up in mm. for ourselves and for others, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I mm -hmm. do believe that. Mm -hmm. And um, she says, and, 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 and a lot of times we are guilty of this, right? In the middle of that paragraph, she says, while ministers preach the plain cutting truth, they must let the truth do the cutting and hewing and not do it themselves, which just brings to mind what you just kind of said, Lakita. <laughs> is that I mean, it's not our it's not our job what, to cut and hew. Go ahead. You know, and I think that's um we you know, I hear a lot about people and young people who go to church or not go to church. And we think, well, we need to have more programs for young people. We need to have more of this for young people and that for young people. But if you remember, you know, well, I was young when I came into the church, you know, I didn't remember any special efforts going on. The, it's not really to me about what the church is doing. It's not people will beg to differ, but our whole attitude is, is I think the main thing. When people feel like they're in an environment of love, of care, of joy, of happiness, they don't really care about what's going on over there. That what they mm. like is just being in the midst of all of that acceptance, of all that care, mm -hmm. and all that concern and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we kind of, we're, we're planning these detached programs that doesn't touch the problem and we continue to lose, you know, the young ones and the older ones. You know, we should be caring for everybody. Mm. So awesome. do that I... sentence behind it says, the sentence behind what you read, Karen, says mm -hmm. pour out the testimony as straight as it is found in the word of God with a heart full of the warm and quickening influence of his spirit, all in tenderness, yearning for souls, and the work among God's people will be effectual. So we're mm -hmm. called to share the word of God as it is with the kindness and love of his spirit in our hearts. And God's, mm -hmm. God's uh, spirit and his word will do what it's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But we try mm -hmm. and do it ourselves. Like Lakita's saying, the vine can't mm -hmm. just say, I'm gonna produce this fruit. It can't right. do it without being rooted, or the uh, branch, rather. I think one of the things that the Sabbath school lesson brought out this week is that love is an action word. And so, you know, you can't just go and talk to people about doctrines, <laughs> you know? And you don't, you, you've never inquired about how they are and what they need. And you know what I mean? And how you can help them, but then show up at their door or whatever, or give them a flyer that says, come listen to our doctrines. And they've never <laughs> seen you before. And they don't know who you are. You know what I mean? You've never shown Christ to them. Or worse than that, Karen, they do know who you are. They have seen you and, the, and you're around them all the time and you still have not shown any <laughs> I think that's worse than, you know, talking to a stranger for real. Uh -huh. Right. Absolutely. I agree with that. <laughs> oh, so, yes. Um, and then she said, she says further down in this same paragraph that you were reading from, Lee, she says the reason why there's so little of the spirit of God manifested is that ministers learn to do without it. How in the world can a minister do without the spirit of God? Focusing on the doctrine. Doing it themselves, believing they have so much talent and ability that they don't need the Lord. And I'm going to say this one because, you know, and I'm going to get in trouble and I'm going to feel bad all week about it. Is it. <laughs> Sometimes, um, and I know that it's in the Sister White's writings, and I think this is true for real in real life. Sometimes giving people too much accolades and praise that we, you know, we become stumbling blocks for them because they begin to think they're doing it by themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so, so they become like the parable in the Bible of the man who he had um, wealth and he had success in his fields and all of that. And he says, look what I have done. I need yes. to build bigger barns to hold 
all of the things that I have grown and all the success that I have had. Mm-hmm. Same yeah. way with Nebuchadnezzar. Look at the great Babylon, which I have built. Mm-hmm. And the same. Like you were talking about Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Karen? <laughs> no, that wasn't Nebuchadnezzar. That was the that was the person. It was a parable or a man in the Bible that was not named. Oh, okay. <laughs> or look at 45 you know i have the lowest wait a minute the stock market is going the highest that it's ever gone and i have the lowest unemployment rates and we have the lowest unemployment rates for black people and it went the highest as and the most for black people yeah so <laughs> we all have to be we all have to be really careful with look what i've done well, the mm-hmm. Bible says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit yep. before it falls. So it doesn't take much. They have this uh, sculpture, I think it's by Rodin, called the Self-Made Man. <laughs> and the sculpture is a statue of a man carving himself out of the block of marble. And there's oh, wow. too many people, too many people think they're self-made. Nobody is self-made. It's God that gives us everything we have, resources, abilities, etc to do anything that we're able to do. No That's such thing as a self-made person. If you can find that picture, send it to me, Lee. I'd like to see that. <laughs> I think it's by Rodan, R-O-D-A-N. Just look up on uh, images by Rodan. I'll oh, look it up for you. I'll look it up. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's a nice sculpture, huh. but it's, uh, it's untrue. There's no right. such thing as self-made right. man. Right, absolutely. But like you said, there's a lot of all the billionaires they didn't pay their workers. That's how they become billionaires. They didn't give them health care and all that. And that's mm-hmm. how they became billionaires. Mm. And she goes on to say that these ministers, when she's talking about uh, learning to do without <laughs> the spirit of God, they lack grace. They lack forbearance. They lack patience. They lack a spirit of consecration and sacrifice. Um, then she goes on down to they lack uh, devotion, they lack personal piety and holiness. And she said this leads them to be unstable and throws them on Satan's battlefield. And she says that however strongly men may have advocated the truth, however pious they may appear to be, when they begin to talk unbelief in regard to some scriptures claiming that they cause them to doubt the inspiration of the Bible. What does she say? She says, we should be afraid of them for God is at a great distance from them. Have you ever heard a a preacher say that um, he doubts the scripture? Has anybody ever heard that from from a minister? No. I haven't heard him say it in those exact terms, but <clears throat> their actions speak louder than words. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think, and, and I think you're absolutely right, Lee. I think that there are times when um, you may come to know something about a particular minister. Uh, I, I remember talking to a guy who, uh, he wasn't an Adventist, but um, he was a musician at his church. And he said, um, he said, I don't, uh, he said, when the, when the pastor uh, reaches out to shake my hand, he said, I don't shake his hand. He said, because I don't want the spirit that's on him to get on me. Really? Mm-hmm. I have this uh, image if you want me to share it. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead and share it. I don't know how he got shaking his hand, though. I mean, like, I yeah, I'm, I'm disabled right now from sharing. Oh, um, and my... Um, my uh, person who is at the live. I think you go down to where it says share screen. Okay, let me see if I can do And then this. see what options it gives you. Wait a minute. Share content. Um, yeah, the person that's operating the actual um, Zoom meeting has stepped away from the other computer. Oh, okay. Well, we'll do it later. Yeah, we'll have to do it later. Uh, but I was saying by people's actions, they tell you they disbelieve the scripture, like the ministers who were believing in evolution. 
So they're destroying by their words and actions. They don't believe in the beginning God created heaven and earth. Mm. That's a good point. Mm. Mm -hmm. What about the ones who preach that your uh, loved one is up in heaven at their funeral? Mm -hmm. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we hear errors from the pulpit from time to time. We do hear errors from the pulpit. And, uh, or we hear rumors about a particular minister or something, or, or we may even know that what we heard is true because we have witnessed it. Well, I tell, I tell Akita sometimes I feel sorry for God because he only has us fallible, sinful human beings to work with. <laughs> he doesn't have anybody else to use. So of course you're gonna hear errors from the pulpit. You're gonna hear falsehoods. People gonna make mistakes because none of us is perfect. But that's why the scripture says, study to show yourself approved. Don't depend on other people to tell you the truth. Study it for yourself. Right, absolutely. So, um, I think that's the end of this chapter, but- um, That was a short chapter. It was a very short chapter. But um, I just wanna ask the class, what was your impression or first thoughts when you first knew about Ellen White's visions? Well, my first thing I did was studied on her. Cause you know, I just wanted to find out first of all, who is she and why are these people saying this about her? So I went to the library and looked her up and did a lot of research, uh, which is where I saw that book I was telling you about earlier, Prophet mm -hmm. of Destiny, and uh, read this test of a prophet out of the Bible. So once I looked at that, studied out the scriptures, prayed about it, asked the Lord for guidance, then I believe it. And that's mm -hmm. why now, uh, when I read her writings, I don't guess. I don't guess and say, "Oh, I wonder if she's right." I know she's right. I might not be ready to accept it yet, but I know she's right. I know that God spoke through her and to her. So He's what is being said is the truth. Sometimes I'm not ready to hear it yet, but it's not that it's incorrect. Mm -hmm. Just that I'm that's very mind. interesting. So what what would and I'm just speaking overall. And some, and I think some of us may be in that very same position. What would make us more ready to hear it, accept it? Um, uh, prayer, <clears throat> prayer, and study, of course, those things. And then you know what? If we don't accept it, God has a way. The Bible says, "Whom, whom God loves, He chastises." So then He'll help us to accept it. God will help us through testing, trials, and et cetera, you know, and also instruction from other people, people talking to you about it, you know, like, let's just take take the health message, you know, um, she talks about eating right and exercising and fresh air and stuff. She talks about those getting rid of caffeine, getting rid of, um, you know, uh, caffeine and getting rid of sugar in your diet, you know, eating a mm -hmm. better abstemious, abstemious diet. Um, we may not believe that at first, and it's really hard to, and back in the day, it was really hard to understand that because they didn't have the research now that they have on the effects of sugar on your body, the effects of caffeine on your body and stuff. So it would take the Holy Spirit, definitely, and, and the Holy Spirit would, and God would use all types of ways to get our attention and help us, especially, you know, like some people might be able to eat some stuff that won't really affect them that bad. But if you eat it, it may you may have some like a um, a type of inability to digest some foods or whatever, and those things will really harm you or make you feel bad. So, you know, God will try to preserve us from all this, you know, woe and sadness. But when we don't, then He will allow us to just go forward and and reap the consequences, and He'll come in and pick us up and help us to make right choices. I think another thing that helps is personal growth spiritual growth uh we don't none of us believes uh the same today as we will a year from now hopefully you'll you'll grow and learn and continue to move closer to the lord so experience and just time 
allowing God's Holy Spirit to speak to us. You know, Karen, you asked what was um, our first reaction when I first heard about Ellen G. White, you know, um, it was by way of church members who was always quoting something she said, you know, and they would say, it, I found in early writings or in the great controversy or in Patriots and Prophets. And in all those books, you know, I was just had a desire to know, you know, let me go get this book. I want to, I want to know what this book is. Every time someone said a new book, Steps to Christ, I would hunt it down and find it so I can have it for myself. I'm on the hunt now for the um the SDA commentary set. You know, I know I'm I'm what I like to find that set of books, mm -hmm. you know, and stuff. So I um just from other people talking about what she said and um what she read in the in the books and I wanted to see for myself. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you know, I grew up Adventist and so you know, I've known about Ellen White since, you know, I was young, very young. And I remember my mother, we would have worship and we, she'd call us into her room and we would read out of Ellen White. And, um, but I didn't, and even though we would read it, I didn't really have an understanding of it at a young age. And so when I got out on my own, um, I wasn't reading it. I wasn't reading Ellen White. But as I got older, I went back to reading her and, well, I'll say this, doing more Bible study. And part of that was reading the spirit of prophecy. And I came to a better understanding of and belief in Ellen White as a prophet. And so from there, of course, then, you know, it, it, it's a no-brainer that if, well, if you believe she is a prophet, then you believe that her visions are from God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Excuse yeah, me. I was too. Yes. Uh, my grandparent, uh, I was like, oh, I didn't pay no attention to her. I mean, she was. But when I got older and drove to the Lord, I was like, well, let me go and check her out. So mm -hmm. I leave her. Mm -hmm. Believe her work. Mm -hmm. And I think that that says a lot for our class members um, that we are studying from her works and that, um, you know, obviously, if we didn't believe her, we wouldn't be a part of this class. Um, but it's interesting, though, also how a lot of times when we are doing revelation seminars or, or, or church seminars that um, she's not mentioned. You know, we, 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 we do those from strictly from the standpoint of the Bible. And so my next question is at what point would you introduce a new believer to Ellen White? Karen, I think Paula had wanted to give her testimony. Oh, uh, no, I Go just ahead. had a a quick question. My my experience is basically the same as you guys have been brought up in the church. I heard of Ellen G. White. I actually thought Sister Bear was Ellen G. White in Berean when I was little. I had no idea. You know, I just knew she was this pious person who was strict and set some type of rules for the church. And he's, even as an adult, um, it's not something I pursued because I have the Bible. I'm strictly Bible. You know, and it's like, I don't need to decide, you know, what is this? But I joined this class so I can understand more about it. And I have a question for Brother Carol. What is the name of that book? Or um, where is it in the Bible? You said something about the test of a prophet. Uh, yeah, that book that I had read was called Prophet of Destiny. And then the, um, the Bible has several tests of a prophet. I have a worksheet that I used to do in our new believer class. I think I still have a copy and I can get it to you. And that it lists all the biblical awesome. tests of a prophet. Yeah, that's what I would need. Because I'm often asked when I tell people I'm a Seventh-day Adventist and the other questions, because they think we're a cult. Don't you guys worship that prophet, Ellen G. White or whatever? And um, <laughs> this would help me with those answers. I just know she passed the test of the prophet, but I couldn't pull up off the top of my head what those tests were. Okay. 
other than something's coming true, you know, years later, being proven true. I'll get it and I'll uh, share it with the class. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That would be, that would be great. Mm -hmm. So um, it seems that, you know, the consensus of our experience has been that um, we do believe Ellen White and we do believe that she is a prophet of God. Uh, I don't know, did we, did we answer the question of uh, why we don't, uh, I guess, bring her up in like some of the seminars that we do? At some point, I think the, uh, just say the quote unquote powers that be decided that we didn't want to bring her up because it tends to put some people off because they don't know about her or hear her. And they were trying to do everything not to run people away from those seminars before they had a chance to uh, hear some of the messages. So much in fact that sometimes the pastors would want to hide the church's name, you know, and just say, oh, it's a seminar by a, a Christian church or a religious group instead of just saying Seventh-day Adventist because they didn't want people to uh, say, oh, well, no, I heard too much about them. I'm not going to listen. So some of it was that, that people didn't want to run off folks. Mm -hmm. Also, um, it, it goes to what I was saying about a cult. A lot of people think, you know, you all serve up some type of prophet. Who is this prophet? And if it's bought up in a, um, you know, a, 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 a secular setting or whatever, people will ask that question, who is this Ellen G. White? I mean, I have the Bible. And um, a lot of, um, I think over the past few years, if you listen, like like Karen was saying, they don't use her name anymore. They always say my, uh, if they want to quote her, they say my um, favorite author. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go ahead yeah. and make an Ellen G. White quote. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I think also in this chapter, it talks about um, the spirit of prophecy and how people are, may not be ready or not at a place where they understand or may not have the groundwork laid down and a foundation to understand, you know, who Ellen G. White is and stuff. So um, I do think people should be given a chance to study and understand what prophecy is, the role of prophecy in the church, you know, and how that role, how that um, is played out in our church and, and what it means and stuff, you know. One thing. I think, you know what though, I do think this, and this may be a little controversial. I do think in our church, we feel um, that there is a sense that she's optional, you know, that it, it's not the stuff that she writes, you know, we can take it or leave it, we can choose it or not. And, I believe that if you, you know, again, accept someone as a prophet, that means that I am going to live up to or follow through with or adhere to the, um, the information that's put there. And that is not necessarily, I don't feel like it's necessarily a choice. Um, and, I, and that doesn't mean that what hits me when I read Sister White, you may read through it and, and it just don't even, uh, you know, you have no feeling towards it whatsoever. But you may read something else that's very, very important to you. And I believe that's the difference in how God works with us. So I would not try to put my personal beliefs of what I think I'm getting out of it on everybody else. But at the same time, overall, I'm not for sure that we have the right attitude. One of the things too, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say one of the things too, we have to remember that's what happened to the Jewish uh, community they stopped listening to God's prophets. And he said so much that he even gave them the parable uh, that the king sent his servants to prophets and they killed them. Then he sent his son and they killed him too. So what do you think the king's gonna do to those people when he returns? And it also points out to us, believe in the word of God, so shall you be established. Believe also in his prophets, mm -hmm. so shall you prosper. There is written prophets the Bible writers and their spoken prophets also. All the prophets didn't speak that some of them were uh, writers and they wrote down the word of God. Prophet is a messenger, messenger bringing God's word. So if we believe a person is a prophet, then we have to believe that the words they're bringing are from God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, her, and her being a prophet, the writings that she wrote 
are just as much from God as is the Holy Scriptures. Now she says her writings are the lesser light pointing to the greater light of the Holy Scriptures, but that doesn't mean the messages are less important. Um, do you think that, I have two questions. Do you think that there is a negative connotation that people give, the world gives to prophets because of some of the quote unquote uh, prophets that have risen up in cults? False prophets. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I, I think so too. And my second question is, um, do you think that prophets are absolutely necessary? Yeah, if God awesome. sends someone, yeah, if God sends someone as a prophet and they are a true prophet, it's necessary. You know, whether we want to believe it or not. I mean, he wouldn't waste his time. God's not going to waste his time and effort raising up somebody. This woman has written so much. You couldn't read, you cannot read everything she's written from the letters the reference stuff, you know, you can't read everything she's written in a lifetime. I just don't believe you can do it. So, you know, um, no, he's not going to do that. All the time he spent with her and with his other prophets talking mm -hmm. to them, you know, um, and leading them and guiding them is important. And, and I think we just take stuff for granted too much. And think at it this way, you asked, was it necessary? As Lakita said, God wouldn't have sent her as a prophet or any of the other prophets if it wasn't necessary, but the people were not listening and following the scriptures. Deuteronomy 28 says, if thou hearken diligently and do, well, the people weren't hearkening diligently, they weren't listening, they weren't doing, so the Lord sent his prophets as extra, extra ammunition, so to speak. And mm -hmm. Sister White herself says, if the people of God, of God had been following his scriptures, she wouldn't have had to be a prophet. Mm -hmm. So it, what God is doing is giving us more opportunities to hear his word, giving us more resources to know what it is he wants from us and what he expects and to know what he's got planned for this world. So it's not hurting us, it's to help us, not only spiritually, but physically, emotionally, mentally, financially, in every aspect of life, God has given us information and resources that are blessings to us, but we turn our backs on it because we don't want to change and we think mm -hmm. we know it all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, you're absolutely right. I think that um, if we were studying the way that we should be studying and had the connection with the Lord that we should have, um, uh, the necessity of a, a prophet explaining things to us would not be as great because the Holy Spirit would explain it to us. And there's, there's enough in the Bible for all of us to be saved, but mm -hmm. we're just not listening. And again, God's doing everything he can to save us. Amen. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that that is true. I believe that's true. And even though, you know, Jesus accomplished us, our salvation at the cross, um, and still and yet God is continuing to do things to try to save us and, and sending prophets is one of them. And, and what does he say about, uh, or what does he say about prophets in the last days? The part about the men, young men dreaming dreams and visions, that one or? Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, many, shall come, many shall come too saying that they were prophets of God, but he shall say, I know you not. Mm -hmm. Well, that too. But, in the uh, last day, particularly, yes, he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And that, yeah, and that, the, as you stated, Lee, uh, young men and the old men. And so uh, I, I think that we haven't heard the last of those that are going to prophesy. You know, I, I remember a question coming up in a class that I was attending as to whether or not Ellen White was the, la the last prophet for our church. And it was brought up that scripture, Lee, that you quoted that, um, you know, God is gonna raise up other people that are going to dream dreams and have visions and, and, and that kind of thing. And so, you know, if the scripture says God is going to raise them up, then we know that that's from God and that it's necessary and needed. 
you know, for whatever time he raises them up. You know, one, uh, one way to look at it too, which is why I feel kind of sad that there's not more people interested in prophecy or interested in finding out about the prophet or studying God's word because God's word is the light. So if you reaching up for the light, but you can't really get to it, you know, we don't fully understand God's word uh, because of our humanity, but he gives us a step stool of prophecy. And too many people keep throwing the step stool away saying, I'll get it myself. I could, I, if I jump high enough, I'll reach the light, but he's given us a stepping stool. Why not use the stepping stool he's given us? Mm-hmm. And another thing too, the um, new prophets are not here to throw out what the old prophets have established. You know, I remember uh, working with a young man and he was telling me, cause he was from a different um, denomination. And he was like, uh, yeah, people still with the old prophet. I think he was talking about the Bible. And they tried, and he was you know, talking to me saying, and uh, they're following the old prophets. It's new prophets. And you know, we should follow the new prophets. And I said to him, you know what? I don't even have the old prophet stuff down yet. So I can't take on nothing new. So you know, I think the, old, the new prophets are not going to say anything against the old prophets. They are here to uphold, to uplift. And as she said, they are lesser lights pointing to greater to the greater light which is Jesus which is the uh, holy scriptures mm-hmm. I believe that I believe that to be true Lakita and I agree with that um, and so as we uh, as we near the close of this earth's history um, there are going to be other people that God raises up could be us could be even people in our own family uh, which uh, the Bible says the prophet is not accepted in his own hometown. But um, I think that we should, with prayer and watchfulness, um, the Bible says, try the spirits, see whether they be of God or not. And as you mm-hmm. said, Lakita, if they speak not according to this word, there's no light in them. No light. And, mm-hmm. and so... Um, by their fruit shall you know them. And so I think that as we, uh, you know, continue to traverse this life journey, that um, there will be many people that will rise up claiming to be prophets. We know that too, because just as the Lord is trying to save people, the enemy is trying to cause people to be lost. And so um, we have to pray for that discernment but also we have to measure the fruit against the Bible. Lee, you always say we're not called a judge, but we are, we can be fruit inspectors. <laughs> and so um, we can certainly inspect the fruit and make a determination of whether this be of God or not based on that fruit. So with that, we are going to close out for today. And uh, we're going to close out with a word of prayer. And uh, they had a text with the name of the book. Oh, okay. Okay. I just saw that. Let me just uh, see if I can just recite that. Or you can recite it, Lee. It's in the chat thing. Huh? It's in the chat thing. Everybody just click on chat. Well, yeah, I'm saying that the people that are online can't, may not see that on Facebook. Prophet of Destiny by, by Renee Norenberg. I'm by not who? sure about this. Renee Norenberg. I'm not sure about the last spelling. Okay. You can get it okay. by the title. Are you able to okay. share the screen yet? Um, hold on just a minute. Let me just see. You guys hold on. Let me see where my person is. Okay. The- Brother Carol, when you get those biblical scriptures, or are uh-huh. they quoted in this book? Because I'm straight Bible. Is um, no, I have uh, handouts I used to do at the new member, new believer class. So I'll mm-hmm. I'll get a make a PDF of it and get it to everybody. That'd be wonderful. Yeah, there are biblical scriptures. Look Yes. Hi. Hey, how you doing? How's your kids? Uh, they're good. They're doing pretty good. 
Yeah. Well, How's your daughter in grade? Say that again. How your daughter and her husband and grandkids? Oh, they are doing good. They um just living their life, running around, being happy, free of COVID. Thank goodness. Okay. Uh huh. What'd you say? What? Okay, he said try sharing now, Lee. All right. Okay. This is that picture of the self-made man. <laughs> See, he's carving himself out of the oh, block of marble. Wow. That's good. Who is that, Rodan? <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's very interesting. <laughs> That's a picture says everything. Right. No such thing. You know, that's what we say at church when we take up offering. Uh, mm -hmm. We give thee but thine own, O Lord, all that we have. It's all a gift from thee. All that we have is thine alone. A trust, O Lord, from thee. Everything mm. we have comes from God. So mm -hmm. you can't be self-made. Mm. Wow. That, 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 mm. <laughs> that says a lot. <laughs> and, 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 and I wonder how many the Lord would say was exactly that sculpture. How many yeah. of us the Lord would say was that exactly. sculpture. And then no God, God, people can own God. Huh? Say See that again, Alvina. When people, uh, they make that, create their own God, then they put them. Uh-huh. Right. And you know, that too is the big one of the biggest problems with uh, false religions is they believe that salvation can come from man. So it's kind of mm -hmm. like self self made man, self saved man. Not yeah. going to happen. And that's why right. God hates it so much because you're taking him out of the equation. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Okay, well, with that, we are going to close out today, today's class, and uh, I'll pray us out. Dear, kind, gracious, loving, oh. heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this time to spend with you and to get into your word and the words of your prophet, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that you would baptize each one of us and all those listening or uh, participating uh, in this lesson study with your Holy Spirit, Lord. And I pray that by your spirit, you would lead us into all truth and help us to receive a love of the truth that we are not deceived in these last days, Lord. And uh, we just thank you and we praise you for this time, Lord Jesus. And uh, we give you all glory, honor, and praise. And until, we, uh, until the next time, Lord, we just ask that you be with us and uh, keep us safely through the week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Man, the, uh, where, what are we studying next week, Lee? Next week is chapter 19, uh, the, the last day events. And that's uh, the seventh plague, the actual seventh one, the seventh plague and the special resurrection. I think Alvina asked about the special resurrection. Okay. All right. Well, that being said, we're going to go offline right now. And um, right. thank everyone for um, Hold up. watching and for, for participating today. And we will see you next week. I was going to ask you a question. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. You can stay on. We'll stay on. I would like for y'all to ask. Say it.